Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Homespun Haints is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. Did you have an imaginary friend as a child? And were you sure this friend was imaginary? We know children are more sensitive to entities from the other side, and often we question whether the playmates they have are real or imagined. However... The strange person that I used to encounter as a child was most definitely not imaginary, nor a friend. Today, I'll share the story of the very first ghost I ever interacted with on Homespun Hates. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homespun Hates. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And it's our... (gasps) <laughs> Happy deck anniversary! I don't know. I felt the need to do that. That was that was good fanfare. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, it was like the trumpets that go off. The queen <laughs> enters the room, and who's the queen today, Becky? Oh, <laughs> That's you. Yes, apparently you're out of ghost stories. So I don't. <laughs> I don't have anything more to say yet. Yeah. I do still live in a haunted house, so time will tell. But uh, right. right now, I can't think of anything. So you again. <laughs> For those of you that are nude, nude. For those of you that are nude. <laughs> anyway, let's try that again. If you are a new listener, we do this thing every 10 episodes. We share one of our own ghost stories. And it's my turn today because I... I have so many, apparently. <laughs> Keep finding more in the annals of my brain. So I dug one up from the deep, deep recesses of early childhood memory for you guys today. And oh, it's, so it's creepy. It's so creepy. And to get ready to get all special, I wore my fancy glasses for you, Diana. I noticed that they're very red. Mm-hmm. They're very red. They're very cat-eyed. And mm-hmm. they're very much necessary when a dumbass mom like me just goes to sleep wearing the daily contact lenses Oops. the night before. <laughs> you know, right? I woke up at five in the morning and I was like, my eyes feel awful. Wait a <laughs> at that point, they're like glued to my eyes and they're mm-hmm. all sticky. And I reach in my eye with my hands that I didn't bother washing, <laughs> by the way. Oh, no. And I just like ripped them out of my eye in the dark with my dirty hands. And then I was like, 
that was a shitty idea. Like, I should have washed my hands. I should have, like, looked to make sure the whole contact lens was there. You know, there wasn't a piece stuck in my eye. So this morning I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be putting any contacts in there. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of stupid, tired mom shit lately. I did one the other day that was pretty funny. I don't know if you're like me, Diana, but you got the everyday underwear. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, you know, just the plain, boring, cotton, comfy underwear. <laughs> it may have holes in it. I don't know. Like, I have <laughs> And then under that is the date night underwear. The stuff that doesn't really get worn very often, but then if you don't do laundry, you're forced to wear it. Ooh. And you wear like, <laughs> and I might have a week where I'm like, all right, I'm wearing a very uncomfortable lacy number. <laughs> Again, because I didn't do laundry. <laughs> So it'd been it'd been a, a few days of that and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do laundry. So I threw all my wash in along with this like super fuzzy staticky sweater. You can oh, no. see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so I get done and then I pull the sweater out and I'm like, oh, it's so cold. We were gonna have this safe play date outside with the kids in the freezing cold, but it was the only way to do it safe. It was my daughter's Mm -hmm. birthday, so it was another family and wearing masks and staying outside, even though it was like 20 degrees outside, we were going to play outside. So I put on this big cozy sweater (laughs) and went and met up with this other family at the playground. Been there about an hour before I reach over and look at my sleeve. (laughs) It was this hot pink lace thong like just hanging <laughs> off my sleeve i've got i took a photo of it in front of the playground i was like this is hilarious <laughs> right and I, i'm like i'm glad it was just us it was but yeah so of course being the very modest reserved lady that i am the uh mom from the other family came over and i immediately wave it in her face i was like look at what was attached to my sleeve can you believe it and I'm like pulling it out and stuff. And she's like, was it laundry day? (laughs) (laughs) So it gets better. So I take this thing, this completely inappropriate garment and shove it in the bottom of my purse because I'm like, oh, crap, I'm just I'm just gonna put it in there. And then I'll, of course, when I get home, remember that it's in my purse. And wash it or throw it in the laundry or do whatever, so that it does not remain in my purse. You think I remember to do that? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, I walk my kids to their music lessons. We walk to their music lessons. We get to the front of the building, and one of my kids' teachers, music teachers, comes out. I wasn't expecting him to come out. So, of course, I reach into my purse quickly to find a mask, and I just reach for the first piece of fabric I feel. <laughs> <laughs> And next thing I know, I've got a hot pink thong on my face. <laughs> That's great. What was the it reaction? Was, it was it was one of those he pretended not to notice. So, uh, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I did do a really quick change once I realized what I'd done. So I was like, maybe he just thought I had like a really weird looking mask and I changed it really fast. You would think that I would have taken it out of my purse after that. I did it. I did the same fucking thing in the grocery store parking lot the next day. 
It's the giving thong. It just it keeps really on giving. Is. It is. <laughs> and you still haven't worn it. And, you know, I honestly don't know where it is now. Uh-oh. It could be anywhere. <laughs> Stand up and turn around. I'll see if it's behind you. <laughs> you never know. Oh, well. Yeah, so that was my mom moment. Anything like that ever happened to you, Diana? Please tell me I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, no doubt it has, but not with something that flagrant in that many situations. <laughs> I know. It wasn't like a subtle neutral color or anything. It was, I mean, it was fuck me pink. It was so bright. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of cute. I think the last wardrobe malfunction I had, I was at the grocery store and I was wearing a jacket and a sweater and I had taken the sweater off in the car because it was warm, but not that warm. So I put the jacket back on. I run into the store, Mm -hmm. I do my shopping and I noticed that a couple of people are looking at me. But at the time I had a little head cold and I was like, oh, whatever. I probably like snot on my face or something. And that's why they're uh-huh. looking at me. They're, they feel bad for me. Got these furrowed eyebrows. I get up to the checkout line and the person just won't stop staring at my chest. Oh, no. And it's like this little prim girl. And I'm like, she's probably not checking me out. What's going on? I look down and my shirt is like still up from having taken it off, off the sweater. <laughs> So I'm walking around in a jacket and what's basically like a crop top that ends just below the nips. <laughs> in, in, a, in a grocery store in Oklahoma with the head cold, so I look really hot all, you know. <laughs> The funny thing is nobody bothered to mention it to me until I was like, I noticed it for myself. I had to find out the hard way. Uh, At least I was sick enough that I didn't care. I love it. That's brilliant. So, no, you're not alone. Everybody has wardrobe malfunctions sometimes. (laughs) Hopefully if anybody out there's had something like that happen recently, you feel a little bit better now. No, they're all watching our show in the nude. Certainly they're they're not having any wardrobe malfunctions right now. <laughs> this is a this is one of our more <clears throat> explicit episodes, I suppose. <laughs> and we're a- gonna talk about children next. <laughs> it's a show about children, not for children. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Varying levels of maturity not required. <laughs> How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Whether you want a laid-back trail to hit with friends or you're planning something more adventurous, All Trails Plus is your guide to making the most of your time outdoors. Get outside today with three free months of All Trails Plus with code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. We need to tell everybody about the promo. We've got a promo, people. Yes, that we're running with Ectogasm. Ectogasm Ectogasm.net is this fabulous site where you can buy amazing, very spoopy enameled pens and face masks. There's even like a little ghosty fanny pack that the artist has created. It's fabulous stuff. If you go to ectogasm.net and enter in the promo code HAINTS, 
H-A-I-N-T-S, you can get 10% off every order of $35 or more. So Diana, we have three new patrons to thank. I'm excited. I love new patrons. (laughs) Thank you, patrons. Three. Oh my God. Three patrons. You guys rock. We love you. Alana joined our Patreon in March and then Kat and Jennifer also just joined and we are over the moon, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, patrons. And if you too feel like supporting your favorite podcasters, (laughs) if those podcasters are us. You should definitely yes. check us out, patreon.com slash homespunhates, and get all kinds of swag and special bonus content. Special bonus content for all our special patrons. If we're not your favorite podcast, you can still support us, but you should definitely support your favorite podcast. I mean, my God, go to their Patreon, please. <laughs> we're all a big happy family. <laughs> Start there, but you know, come back to us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. We hope that you guys enjoy all the bonus content that we have on our Patreon. Hello, I'm Mike. And I'm Zoe. And we're the hosts of Stories of Strangeness, a paranormal podcast that talks about... Aliens. Cryptids. Conspiracy theories. Hauntings. What have we spoken about? What biscuit would you offer a banshee? Are squirrels intelligent? Would you really be distracted by the shadow of a sausage? some people are tune in every other monday on your favorite podcast player are you tired of websites that have been frankenstein together oh my website is so slow and creaky every time i use the search bar it just returns abby normal over and over again becky's sister company the concept spot holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing in fact we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards Ooh, check out that head image. Instead of going my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that to you. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here. So we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. (gasps) It's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! All right, so you're going to tell us a story today about something we've heard you allude to many times that I am always super curious to learn more about. Everybody always asks me, and I'm sure they ask you this too, Diana, being paranormal podcast hosts as we are, I get this question a lot. What was the first ghost you ever saw? And I think most people, when you ask them that question, they're going to say something from their childhood. Hmm. It's no different for me. I think I was probably about four or five. Definitely not any older. I hadn't started kindergarten yet, but I was old enough that I remember everything very clearly. And one thing I have also mentioned on the show is I remember everything. I have this really, really 
annoying memory. It's gotten worse with age and alcohol. So there, you know, there is hope. (laughs) Silver lining. (laughs) Yes. But I still remember everything from my childhood with crisp clarity. Though when I do think back to these years, it's dark. It's scary. It's not a fun time I like to visit. It's almost like walking into a room and it smells musty. That's how I feel about these memories. Oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah, they're just like kind of dank. The first definite ghost, I know it was a ghost that I encountered, was a so-called imaginary friend. That's what everybody told me I had. They said, oh, you have an imaginary friend. And I said, okay, no, because he's neither imaginary, nor is he my friend. I had this character, this entity, that liked to visit me at night. I didn't like it when he came because he was a pain in the ass. He was mean, he was nasty, he was argumentative. And me being my young, naive, empathic self, I kept trying to talk to him and help him solve whatever problem it was he had. He definitely had a problem. He would climb into my window. I lived on the second floor. There was a birch tree outside my window, and he would climb up the birch tree and come in through my window. But the window was always closed. And I remember thinking as a child that that was odd, that he needed the tree to climb up, but he could come in through a closed window. But once he was in my room, he did have the ability to affect what was in it. He would turn over things in my room. He would pull the covers around on my bed. One time, he got very angry And he ripped up the handmade curtains that my mother had sewn and hung from my windows. I still remember them. They were, they were navy blue and they had a pattern on them. And the next day she came into my room and she noticed that they didn't look right. And so she took them and tried to iron them. And she started complaining to me because the lining had been ripped and the hem had been ripped out. And she said, Becky, how did you do this? And I kept saying, it wasn't me. I saw this guy do it. He was angry and he ripped up my curtains. And of course she was like, oh, pshaw. But I know, I know. I was a little kid. How was I going to rip out a hem and rip out a lining with my bare hands? I mean, I didn't have that kind of firepower. I couldn't even reach the curtains barely. You weren't a curtain climber. I was not a curtain climber, no. (laughs) So this fellow... I don't remember how he told me his name or if I just knew or if he said it as a joke, but I called him Hay, which I think must have been short for Hayden, unless, like I said, I said, what's your name? And he said, Hey, Hey, you, or something like that. But I remember in my mind, I could spell a little bit at that point. And I remember thinking it was spelled H-A-Y, not H-E-Y. So 
I think it must have been short for Hayden or Haley or something like that. And he was so mean. I hated it when he came. We would just sit on my bed. Mostly I would sit on the bed and he would pace around it and yell and scream. And he muttered a lot about things that I didn't understand. He would sometimes be almost talking to the wall or talking to himself. And then I would say something and he'd turn and he had forgotten I was there and he would say something nasty. And then he would turn back to the wall and continue muttering and he would pace around the bed. And my parents were amused by this. They would ask me, oh, how is Hay? And I'd say, I don't want to talk about him. He's a mean old crotchety guy. And they thought it was kind of cute. Later on, as an adult, I asked them about it, what they remembered. And they said they only remembered me screaming in the middle of the night at him as if I were afraid. And they thought I was having nightmares. So those are some of the reasons I know he was not an imaginary friend. Another thing that made him unlike most imaginary friends that children have is that he wasn't a child. Most children that I hear talk of their imaginary friends. Their friends are their age or small like them or some kind of creature. Hay was a young man, maybe early 20s. His clothes were torn. He was covered in mud. He had long blonde hair pulled back in a ragged ponytail, and the ends were green, as if they were moldy. Ew. I remember reading a description of uh, a character. This, I think it was the student or the scholar in the Canterbury Tales. I have to look it up. And I was pretty young when I read that, too. And I remember the description of him with, like, moldy hair or whatever. And it reminded me of what Hay looked like. I know he was wearing some sort of reddish coat. I don't know if he was a British soldier that had gotten lost or somebody dressing up like one, but he was not okay in the head. He was angry. Like I said, he muttered to himself. He was not very present. And I, <laughs> I couldn't stand him. And one day I got so angry at him that I said, I want you to leave and never come back. And he did, at least as far as I know. I never saw him again. There have been times in my life where I have encountered some sort of male figure standing in my doorway. And I wonder if it's him, if he's followed me. I don't like to think about that, but I know the possibility is out there. So yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of intense for me to relive that yet again. <laughs> now, I, I know there were other things from my childhood that, again, these are dusty memories. The, the, the memory of Hay is pretty clear. I can, I can still see him when I close my eyes, just in front of that awful green wallpaper in my room, just pacing and muttering with this grayish face and his old hair, long hair, his <laughs> kind of wild eyes. But I do remember that 
my sister complained about also having some entities come in through her window. And of course, it was just one of those things for my parents, like, oh, you girls, you got to talking, you made up some stories. But I know my sister was terrified, absolutely terrified for several years. There was also an instance where I saw, the only thing I could describe it as is like maybe this almost like a white sheet. It's like something that floated down the hallway of our house. So I don't know. I mean, it was a newish house. Uh, It was built in the 70s. This was the early 80s. So it wasn't too old, but the land there is very old in the mountains. So I, I don't know. It could have been anything. And then the other thing I remember from my childhood is this place that my mother would drop us off if she needed to run some errands, you know, have like a mother's morning out or something like that, which is such a misnomer because a mother's morning out normally means that you get to do grocery shopping without screaming children. And I guess that's a dream vacation <laughs> in some cases. Cause like, man, I live for that, but <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> it's not exactly having, you know, mimosas with the other ladies or anything. <laughs> so there was this house that she would drop us off at. Uh, it was a lady who was known in the town. It was a small town and she would babysit children And she sometimes would have more than one child there at a time. She could handle my sister and I and maybe a baby, but it wasn't a lot of children. She was getting older. And I do remember that sometimes when we would get there, there would be extra children in the backyard playing. And my sister and I would play with them and hang out and whatever. There was a a little handmade house almost like a tree house, but it wasn't in a tree, just a toy house that we would play in. And it was probably rotting at the seams, which could be where that mildew (laughs) sense comes from. I remember sometimes we would be there and there was a little boy also playing back there and a younger girl in a pink dress who was sitting in the kitchen area of this little house and she always wanted to play a board game. And what was odd though was... Now, I know when you're a child, you kind of lose track of things. And it sometimes seemed like the kids would just, these other children would disappear and reappear. And maybe their parents came to pick them up and I didn't notice. But I do remember what was odd was when the lady who was watching us all would call us in to get a snack. The other children wouldn't come in. It would just be my sister and I. And when we asked about the other children, we were given looks like, what other children? I just got chills. (laughs) (laughs) So I think when I look back, I probably played with a lot of children that the adults didn't know were there. It seems that wherever we went, there were other children to play with even if it was in an enclosed area or someone's backyard where there shouldn't have been extra kids or the woods, always extra children that would show up. So I always had a playmate (laughs) and those, those were fun, imaginary in air quotes 
friends to play with because they were my age. Unlike the fellow that kept showing up in my bedroom and tormenting me as a small child. So that's my first ghost. My haunted childhood. <laughs> Becky, when, when you told Hay to leave you alone, tell mm-hmm. me about how that conversation went. I remember we were fighting. He had been doing his thing of, he would kind of do this thing where he would pace around and talk about how nobody cared about him and nobody remembered him and how his life was just terrible and nobody paid any attention to him. And I said, but I pay attention to you. And he said something like, well, you don't count. And it was just getting angrier and more heated. And I had been very frustrated because when he had first arrived that evening, he had actually been in a rare good mood. He had kind of been a little smiley, but it was that kind of like smile that's not authentic. It was almost like he was trying to be friendly. And I said something that set him off. I may have said something like, I'm glad you're happy today, or I'm glad we're friends. I don't remember what it was. I remember it wasn't genuine on my part. It was just that kind of, I mean, at that age, I'd already learned how to walk on eggshells around temperamental people. And I was using that skill. And I had been walking on those eggshells and he was in a calm place. And I said something, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it just set him off. And he did a complete 180. And then he starts screaming and yelling. And it was worse than before. That may have been when he ripped the curtains. I don't remember. But I know he was trashing my room. Of course, I always got blamed for that. And boy, did my parents not buy that excuse. So I had had it and I just, something in me said, tell him to leave. And I did. I said, I want you to leave and I want you to never come back. You're no friend of mine. So that's, that's what I remember. And, and, you know, you know, what? the next night I kind of expected him to come back and he didn't. And it was, it was both a relief, but it was also, I was sad, not because I missed him, but because when you're a child, you get used to routines and you get used to schedules. So it was a little bit of a jolt to not have him be there. Oh, was he there? Was he there like every night? Yeah, pretty much. It was multiple nights. Yeah. He just kept coming. For how long? I don't know. Time is hard to understand when you're a kid. I mean, it seemed like he'd always been there, but it was probably, I really don't know, a few months maybe, or maybe he had always been there and I just became aware of it when I got to be a certain age. It's hard to say, but it was multiple nights that he kept coming. And I know for a while, my parents were always asking me the next day, oh, hey, did you talk to Hay last night? And when I told him he stopped coming, it was almost like my parents, too, were kind of like, oh, why? Oh, we were we're so intrigued by our daughter's little friend, and now she doesn't have her little imaginary friend anymore. Oh, I wonder what's wrong. <laughs> no, nothing's wrong. Everything is a lot more right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sometimes a haunting that you experience as a child, when you go back as an adult and experience the same haunting, the things that are haunting you 
become more sinister in your presence simply because you're an adult. What does that mean for this incredibly sinister experience that you had as at the age of four? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. And that's something I've actually been thinking about as I've been forced to relive this. Thank you, podcast. <laughs> as a child, I just remember being very annoyed by it. As an adult, now that I understand the complexity of human behavior and intention, because when you're a child, you don't really think anybody intends you any harm. Like, like I said, I, I knew to walk on eggshells. I was afraid of being yelled at, but I didn't think I was in any danger. That was just not part of my worldview. I think children don't really have that sense of danger yet. I mean, if you have children, you know, they clearly don't think they can get hurt <laughs> the way they jump off of things and run in front of cars and slash open body parts. Oh, man. Well, that's a good, different kind of danger than things that happen to you because there have right, been but plenty of kids that I've seen hiding behind their mom when Nobody harmful is in the room. Yeah, I okay, maybe you're right. So maybe there's a sense of self-preservation, but you couldn't really put your finger on what it is. Like you mm. instinctually know that mommy will protect you, but you don't really understand protect you against what. You don't have that sort of like defined knowledge that you do as an adult when you're thinking, oh, there are evil people out there. There are evil forces. There are things and creatures that could do harm to children, dead or alive. And I think that's why it's more sinister as an adult when I look back. As a child, I had a sense that this was not right. This was not a good situation, but I couldn't put my finger on why. But as an adult, I look back and there are so many things wrong with it. I was a child. I was a little girl and I was getting bothered by an entity of an adult who was clearly somehow trying to find solace from a child who had some sort of instability, just the, the mood swings, almost like schizophrenic I know that that's a valid condition, and I don't want to say anything negative about that, but how do I say this without being insensitive? When he, you're he, dead, it's too late to get it treated. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, this is this is a dead entity with some clear issues. Maybe it happened in death, whatever happened to him. And he clearly could have harmed me if he could hurt my stuff. And then there's also the one, like, how does that affect a child? How does that affect what they think is normal? Or does it change their perception? Does it create any sort of PTSD? I mean, if it had gotten worse. So all of those things start to get questioned in my mind. And then also the question of, did he really leave? Or did he just choose to not let me see him anymore? Oh. Did your room keep getting messed up? Well, yeah, but it could have been me. Uh, I well, you know, I'm, I still have that problem. <laughs> yeah, so so that that I don't like to think about that. That really terrifies me. The idea that I had an entity that that may have been attached to me, and did I really make it go away? Because sometimes I sense that there's something there, and I don't know if it's him. I don't want it to be him. He was not. 
He was not a good, a good force. So what do you think would have happened if when he'd come in your room the first time, you had said, get out of my room, go away, and started running down the hall for your mom instead of accepting him and trying to cajole or support you. Yeah, being a good Southern girl and trying to (laughs) do that motherly thing at four, which is kind of fucked up. It is. I was raised in the South. I don't know. I think there was something really powerful about, like, I remember being kind of surprised that my words had that power. It was something about saying, I want you to leave. I don't want you to ever come back, as opposed to saying, get out, go away. Because I think I said those things to him when we, because we were always fighting. But there was just something about that when I said, I don't want you to ever, ever, ever come back. Just saying, I, I, I. I think that had some sort of power to it. And I knew it would have power when I said it. Hmm. Because kids know things. (laughs) Interesting. So perhaps he was more respectful because he suddenly realized you had some kind of autonomy that he was missing. Maybe. Or maybe there's some sort of unspoken rule. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) All right. Well, I'll remember that for next time I want a ghost to leave. I want you to leave, not get out. Because how many times have people said that ghosts tell them to get out, right? That's a pretty common thing. Like you get to a property and you hear, get out. And who listens to that, right? I I guess you're right. Yeah. That's true. Like, oh, well, it's just a disembodied voice. I don't know who it came from. So the sign also says keep out, but I'm not looking at that. But But there's some sort of authority. Like if an entity approached you and said, I want you to leave, you'd be like, oh, okay, sir, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So why, why do you think he chose to come to you? I know you're more empathic than the average person. So that might be what explain why you saw him. And why he kept coming. But why did he come there in the first place? Why crawl up a tree and go into the four-year-old girl's room? I think he was incredibly lost and lonely. And he didn't really understand. I think he thought that he wanted to play, that he wanted to have a good time. And you can do that with a child. But I think he wasn't able to maintain that persona. He was very Jekyll and Hyde. And... I think he wanted to be noticed, but then he didn't know what to do once he was noticed. I do tend to attract lost, lonely types. (laughs) I have so many stories from random people I barely know just coming up and bawling their hearts out to me and telling me their life stories and all sorts of personal details. And I'm just like, whoa, buddy, I'm just sitting here on the bus. (laughs) I want you to go away and never come back, please. (laughs) It happens so much. One example I I often tell people is when people are like, oh, maybe you're just making that up or you're just, you take public transportation. You're always around a bunch of weirdos, right? Um, No. So, and I take public transportation too. One of the universities I was teaching at, I went to the HR department to pick up some paperwork. I think I was changing my pension or whatever. I had to go change my paperwork. And I went in and sat down and started filling out the paperwork. And the receptionist in the HR office, this is a place where you don't reveal any personal details. Nobody reveals any personal details. It's HR. You're not allowed to ask anything. This person, before I know it, 
tells me her entire life story. She tells me what she's earning. She tells me how many months she has before she's getting evicted. She tells me how she got the job, that it was a favor. She tells me everything. She tells me what she ate for lunch that afternoon. She tells me her love trauma. An hour later, I'm like, I really have a class to teach. But I've got this melted person in front of me bawling on their desk. And I just want to change the distribution of my pension funds. (laughs) When that happened, it stands out in my mind because it was so absurd, because it was the exact opposite of what is supposed to happen in in an HR office. We're luckily the only people in there. Nobody else heard this poor woman's life story. And I I felt for her. And of course, I was like there, you know, patting her back there, there, it's gonna be I know this place pays like shit. I'm sorry. I really am not supposed to know what you make. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that that was the moment when I was like, this happens a lot. So I think it was a similar situation with hey, I think there was there's just (laughs) there's something about me that makes people want to spill everything. And it's sweet, as I've learned what that is and learned better how to protect myself. It's happened less and less. But I was a child, I was completely open. And I think he may have sensed that. Here's somebody I can spill my problems to. Or else it was a haunted house, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was (laughs) kind of curious about, because... I mean, maybe your energy just sucks in people who want to create drama, drama, dramatic yeah. conversations. <laughs> but also, I mean, could it have been some residual from that house? I mean, the climbing up of the tree and then coming in through the window as though there's no window mm-hmm. and then being frustrated. It sounds yeah. very much like uh, boyfriend material. Oh, yeah, maybe he was expecting somebody else to be in the room. Maybe. And kept finding me instead. What the hell is this four-year-old doing yeah. in my girlfriend's room? <laughs> yeah, he, he never did anything appropriate in that sense. But I do understand that the I think the house that we lived in had been purchased as a wedding gift for a woman, young woman, had been built and purchased for her. And I think something happened with the couple it broke up. And that's why we bought the house, if I remember the story. So maybe he was a jilted lover and, or she was having an affair and he died. I don't know. But why was he dressed like a Revolutionary War soldier? Maybe he was into (laughs) cosplay. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) When was the house built? Do you know? Like 74. I mean, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it, it was so t- like there was no hiding it. It was like fake Tudor outside, avocado green carpet, <laughs> avocado green wallpaper, avocado green toilets, avocado <laughs> green <laughs> sinks. Everything was avocado green, Ex- except except one bathroom was Harvest Gold. So 1974 is what you're saying, not not 1774. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Avocado green stove, avocado green kitchen sink. It's coming back, man. <laughs> don't don't bring it back. There's no point. It's the ugliest color. That's usually just a quote from the young ones, but they, you know, I was looking at stoves and, and kind of going through 
inventory for stoves because I'm remodeling a house, right? And I saw so mm-hmm. many that were like beautiful mustard colored stove, <laughs> beautiful terracotta colored stove. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, why? <laughs> We've already made these mistakes. Why are right. we making them again? I would buy like a bright blue stove or a bright red stove. That seems kind of fun. and It's like kitsch, but fun kitsch. Bright red is, it, it's a timeless color in the bright kitchen. Bright red is timeless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did go through a phase where it was very 80s and nobody wanted it, <laughs> especially with like black and white tile. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, good yeah. point. Maybe not that but, timeless. But, but but no, I think it's pretty timeless. Like a glossy bright red. Match your glasses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I need to take a photo of myself with these things so people can see them. When I got them, <laughs> I went to the I was at the optometrist and I picked these up and they're like, Are you sure you want those? And I was like, uh-huh. And they're like, Wow, we've been wanting to see who would pick those up. <laughs> we never sell them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm your lady. Okay, now I'm I'm gonna have trouble sleeping tonight after Oh, I'm sorry. I I dug pretty deep with the memory tendrils to that one. And it's kind of disturbing how clear some of those images are in my mind. Yeah, you never told me about the moldy hair before. That's that's messed up. I can see the wallpaper now. And it was ugly. (laughs) Everything was green. (laughs) Everything was green. It was like this like green little floral pattern on white. Oh, match the green carpet. (laughs) We even had green furniture. I think my parents were like, what? Can we match this green? Oh, more green. <laughs> we had a green couch, a green recliner. Nothing goes with green like more green. It's true. Green curtains. I mean, I think the only thing that wasn't green were those blue curtains that Hay destroyed in my room. And then after that, it was like, all right, we're going to put up green. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Can't appreciate your one blue thing, Becky. We're going to get you green ones now. See what you did. Yeah. Oh, right, no. right. <laughs> so. The house used green as a punishment. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I feel that way when I'm in old houses. (laughs) Why is this color scheme here? It's a punishment. (laughs) It is. It's a punishment. (laughs) Well, Diana, thank you for holding my hand as I went down that dark and dusty memory lane. Dusty. Dark and musty. Musty, too. Dark and musty, yeah. (laughs) Moldy, weird men hanging from the trees going, ah! What? I don't know. I'm just thinking of what this guy would look like if he were a tree. Like, ah, he was just not it. Anyway, we'll cut that out. So, <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. a visual thing. I'm, you had to be there. I'm a little loopy. Like oh. I said, that, that that did take a lot out of me telling that. But I hope I hope you guys enjoyed it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for telling me a story and for all the suffering that we just put Becky through. Y'all better have a spooky day. Homespun Hates is hosted by Becky Kielan-Nick and Diana Doty, and produced by The Concept Spot. Editing and music by Becky Kielan-Nick. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhates.com slash submit. A nature trail is more than a path. It's a place for laughter, self-reflection, and a breath of fresh air. All Trails Plus helps you plan your next hike so you can relax and enjoy the journey. Discover new trails near you with the Distance Away feature and get immersive trail previews and offline maps so you can take those exciting first steps with confidence. 
Get outside today with three free months of AllTrails Plus. Just use code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. That's three months free at alltrails.com slash podcast with code PODCAST23. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond his threshold? On September 24th, 2023, we will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb, a hideaway for treasure, a portal into another dimension? Maybe it's aliens. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's Basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.